What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Tyler Stringfellow. And today we have an amazing episode for you. It is Friday night here in the Koffler Center, and Tyler and I have some amazing content to bring you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, another week down. So glad to finally be done with all the, with all the crazy stuff going on this week. And uh, we got some pretty, we got some pretty important sports news to talk about, to talk with you guys tonight. But another crazy day in the world of sports. It, Ab- it has. Absolutely. And as we did on Wednesday, we had to bring on a guest because of all the crazy stories going on. And tonight we're going to have to do the exact same thing. Cause it, this is, it, this is more than just, than, than just two people can talk about. So well, welcoming back a familiar face of the show. He came on the show last time in February of this year, making his return to Down to the Wire. Please welcome back to the show, Ethan Savoy. Ethan, how are you doing, man? Not too bad, fellas. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely, man. Glad to have you back on the show. Glad to be talking with you again about some sports. Obviously, the last time we had you on the show, we were talking about Andrew Benintendi getting traded to the Royals. We were talking about the returns on that terrible trade. And now, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about bad trades. That thing was an absolute, te- like, we got screwed. Hey, we didn't turn out too bad this season, though. A I couple mean, wins away from a World Series. I mean, right? listen, fair enough. You, you you do make a point there. But we obviously have some bigger, bigger stories to talk about tonight. Definitely. And first things first, I want, to, I want to start in the NBA. And listen, we're all Celtics fans right here. I'm not going to not gonna hide the bias. We're all diehard Boston Celtics fans. It's all about the and Seas, baby. It's all, about it, it's all about the Seas. So listen, when I ended up seeing this news, I got a little nervous because listen, I, this Celtics team has kind of given me heart palpitations for the past couple of years. They've either excelled and, and made it to the made it to the conference finals with through injuries and whatnot, or they've been you know mediocre with 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 all their star players and have fallen short multiple times. This is not a good sign for me. And what's making me nervous is the Celtics. The Celtics this past season went out. They ended up losing to the, to the Nets. And they ended up saying, okay, we need to do something different. And what, what did they do? They shook up their front office. Danny Ainge, gone. Brad Stevens is the new Danny Ainge. We went out, we got a new head coach in Ime Atoka. And things are, and, you know, we also made moves in free agency too. We got in, we brought on Dennis Schroeder. We brought in Josh Richardson. We made a bunch of moves. Al Horford's back. Absolutely. Big Al is back. Big so, so listen, we made Love moves. Love Al Horford. We made moves to improve this team, which I will not doubt against. And I will say we're perfectly good moves to make. However, some of the veterans on this team are starting to kind of get a little unruly. And I think when you're not getting through to that next level, that kind of will start to happen. And what, what recently came out this week is that the Celtics were playing the Chicago Bulls. They, were, they had a big lead on them, and they ended up choking down the stretch, losing the game, and the Bulls ended up you know, beating them. And, they, and I think they went down to, a, I think it was like three and three at some point, or three and five rather. Things were not looking good for the Boston Celtics. And as a result of it, longtime Celtics veteran at this point, Marcus Smart, goes into a, goes into a press conference and proceeds to call out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those two-star players, saying they need to pass the freaking ball more. Uh, obviously, big, big, big news there. They have gone on to win their last two games, but this has been a huge situation, especially with Smart being such a polarizing figure on the Celtics, did come back on a contract this year. So, boys, I'm going to pass it off to you. Tyler, I'll have you start. How are you feeling about this whole situation, man? I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, it's I'm coming coming from an athlete. Something like this, it impacts the locker room Mm -hmm. and it is not a good sight to see when you got one of your veteran players and one of your star players. Oh, yeah. Star defensive players in the NBA. What was he? First team all NBA defense last year. I mean, I I have to say so. And that's a team leader. You don't want him calling out anybody, especially two of your superstars and Jalen Brown. 
and Jason Tatum. Yes. But I, he, he is right because they're, they're superstars. They want the ball all the time. Yep. And you have them putting up so many shots and they, both of them want, I, I remember I saw something in the all-star game a couple years ago and I, I'm, I'm going to get to my point of why that's important is because when it was getting down to the, down to the wire in the end, in the all-star love, game, love the name drop. in the all-star game, everybody was fighting for the ball because they all take the final shot for their respective teams. Now you got two guys on the Celtics that want to take the final shot in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and they're both going to be fighting for the ball, but that's all that that's going to be running through their head. They're going to be like, Oh, Al Horford, who, who Marcus smart, who like, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about, but that's where the problem lies. You have to pass the ball. You got a team like the Chicago bulls. I was a big, I was very, very set on the Celtics signing Lonzo ball. He's a very pass heavy point guard. He's very old school point guard. Yeah. He doesn't care if he puts up zero points or 30 points as long as he's passing the ball and they're winning i mean when he's he, happy when and they're you, winning when you had that janky freaking shot that he had i think i think i think eventually he had to be content with not putting up those points yeah but now he, he fixed it and he can make the shot he, he but, did he did grant but he he passes the ball to DeRozan, to caruso to everybody on that team yeah and they're winning they're one of the best teams in the east right now no i mean they are one of the better teams in the east so and but I think this this whole Marcus Smart thing needs to be resolved as quick as possible. Yes. And I think it's got to come from the veterans on this team. And one of them is Al Horford. Yes. Al Horford needs to step up and be like, all right, you know, no coaches, no GMs, no front office, no nothing in this locker room. We need to sit down as players and discuss this because this is just going to – how long can we ride this? Yeah. And like I said, from an athlete, it, something like that can destroy a team from the inside. Yeah, 100%. And you don't want that. Yeah. So I'll, I think Al Horford and obviously Marcus Smart, because he said it, need to step up and be like, all right, we need to resolve this issue now. Jalen Jason, like, you got to own up to this, man. And you got to start playing some unselfish basketball. 100%. Because they're playing James Harden basketball. That's what I call it. Yeah. But this brings me to a point where you got a guy like out in Golden State named Steph Curry, who isn't afraid to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. He'll put up 50 points a game for you. But he's also not afraid if he's passing it to Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson's um the hot hand. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care if you know Jordan Poole is the hot hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he played well the other day. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't care, and I love that about Stephen Curry. Absolutely. But yeah. you need you Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both need to start learning that. I get it. They're not point guards. They're not. They're not Steph Curry. Absolutely. Tom. They need yeah. to have that mentality that I can't be taking all the like what 30, 40 shots a game or even more than that. Yeah. Tyler, you make a good point. E, I want to pass it off to you. With with this whole situation, how are you feeling about, about the Celtics right now? Uh, the thing with the Celtics and the thing that's most annoying is I'm looking at the roster right now, and I look at every player and I think, dang, this guy's pretty solid. He's not bad. Like, this is a low-key, wouldn't say championship roster, but this should be like a deep playoff it's a con- run. It's a contending roster. This is a, this is a scary team. If you catch them at their best, good luck. Definitely. But that being said... How often do we catch this team at their best? Because yeah. I feel like the last three, four, even five years, they've had a great roster, and they don't ever seem to put it together. They haven't gotten I, anywhere. I think it's a lot of the young players, like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They're amazing, and I'll get back. I'll get back to their debate. I want to talk about them a little bit more in a few, in a few minutes. But yeah, yeah. So listen, this is how I feel about the whole situation. I think 
I, I'm actually going to, I'm going to defend Marcus Smart, but I'm also going to rip at, rip at him a little bit. Listen, Marcus Smart has a point. He, I Do I think that these young guys like to hold on to the ball too much and like to play hero ball and want to get the last minute shot? Absolutely. I, I definitely think that's a huge factor of what these guys do, and it can be holding them back at times. So I think that Marcus Smart has a point in what he's saying. However, you are not their equal, Marcus, in terms of in terms of talent. Marcus, you I no. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. No. He, no. He's not their equal. You're an you're an, you're an you're an outstanding player and you deserve every penny of that contract that that we signed you for. I love that I love the hustle that he provides on the court and frankly I think he's the heart and soul of this team. But listen, but that being said, I don't think anyone would disagree that Tatum or Brown but definitely Tatum is the face of the Celtics. Yes, yes like yes. you just said, Tatum's the face, Smart is the heart and soul of this team. Yes. So this is why I don't really have an issue with him making a comment like this and smart is not afraid to make comments like this in the past. If you go back and look, he has made comments about the team, about individuals on the team before, but that's just because he's a big leader. I don't think it's coming from a place of eight. I think it's stuff that all of us as fans are saying too. Tatum, like you got to pass the ball sometimes. I don't think it's it's coming from a place of hate either. I don't, I don't think it's coming from that place either. But I, I see Marcus smart as obviously not on a talent level as the player I'm about to mention, but just like very similar in their play style kind of yeah. is Dennis Rodman. Okay. And, you know, like in that team, Dennis Rodman was fighting for the rebounds, fighting defensively, getting the ball to Jordan as quick as possible because he's yeah. the face of the team, mm-hmm. face of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And now you got a guy like Marcus Smart who's battling, battling um, the offense on the other team. And because he's a great defensive player, yeah. he's trying to get the ball to these guys, but he's getting, he's getting more annoyed because it's like, all right, guys, I'm getting you the ball, but you're not scoring enough points because you're not passing the ball. You got a guy like Peyton Pitchard, who is amazing. Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, Josh Richardson coming off the bench, or Dennis Schroeder, maybe not coming off the bench. You know, that depends. We hopefully, hopefully because they're what? Yeah. What was their record with him on it, the it was some crazy stat I saw the other day? They're three and oh when he starts. And exactly. Like, they're oh and five when he doesn't. So exactly. And you you need you need more of him, but you they need to get him the ball. He can't score points if you don't get him the ball mm-hmm. because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are playing hero ball. Yeah. Listen, again, I think I think that they are right at certain times to take the ball, but when you look at it. I, I do I do think they need to be able to pass the ball more in certain situations and be able to trust each other. I, I'm I'm okay with Jalen and Jason passing to each other, but they don't even do that sometimes. That that that's the issue I see. Like they are two tremendously great players, but if you look at the amount of times that they pass the ball even to each other, it's not a lot. Each guy, it's kind of like a pickup game with them. It's like they go up, they they do their own little ISO moves, and they try to make a try to make a like a a, bank, a break for the basket. Like you have an incredibly talented teammate in, in the two of you guys pass the ball, spread, spread the wealth and good things can happen for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that being said, I just want to kind of like rip on Tatum a little bit yeah, real yeah, yeah. quick. Go nuts. Just because he bothers me. There is nobody I want less. Like the last person I want taking the last shot of the game. This may sound crazy is Jason Tatum. Yeah. I swear what? to God. Really? This okay, guy. Get him out. Get him this out. Guy, <laughs> get him out. I swear, like, this guy is 6'8". I could tell you what move he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to do the same sidestep to the side from deep, too. He usually doesn't drive to the basket. I've seen Tatum take plenty of game-winning, game-tying shots with three seconds, four seconds left on the clock. Same move every time, and it's yeah. always a deep three. And I don't know why we draw these plays up. When we could be passing the ball, like Ime Adoka, he's coming from the Spurs. 
trained under Greg Popovich. And think about all the amazing players the Spurs had during that dynasty. But you want to know the thing that made them the best? They were team-oriented. Yes. Tony Parker didn't need to go out and drop 30. Ginobili didn't have to drop 30. Tim Duncan, arguably the best power forward of all time, did not have to go and get his every time. Yeah. They would pass the ball off. So that's what I hope Ime brings to the squad and incorporates that into the Celtics culture because that's what we need. Yeah. Okay. What so I, okay. Yeah. if you have you don't like you don't want Tatum to take the final shot. And who are you going to want to take the final shot? Jalen Brown. Get out of here. Jalen Brown. <laughs> Get out of here. Jalen Brown. And I, I want to bring this up because I did want to mention this earlier. And I want to know your guys' opinion. I think we're getting close to putting Jalen Brown in that superstar debate. Mm. I, I, He's a star. I think it's close to superstar. He <clears throat> continues playing the way he is. He increases every year. Right now, he's the Celtics' leading scorer, and he's shooting 50% from the field and 40% from three. This is what I've said about Jay, about uh, the, the difference between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown since they've come in the league. Tatum came in scoring a high clip. I think he, he averaged, what, maybe like 19 points or something mm. in his first season. I'm, I'm making something up. And he, you know, let's use points because, like, everyone has, like, these advanced stats. But let's use points as, as an example. Jason Tatum has improved his points per game by about two, by about one to two points each season. It's been a very incremental growth, but he came in scoring a high number of points in the first place. So it's a good growth. Jalen Brown came in. I, I think his first season, he averaged about six points, which is nothing really to scoff at, especially for a high, for a high rook, for, you know, kind of a high rookie with him though. He has improved incrementally, drastically each year. Uh, going into this year, he improved by as much as six points a game each and every season. So the jumps he has made, I agree with you. It's it's pretty astonishing. And if he can and if he can try to maintain that going into this year, because he averaged about 23 points last year, if he gets up to about 29, 30 points a game, which is superstar status, then I think I, I think you kind of have no other choice but to label him in that category. I I I, I can, can kind of see it, but like. You said this this guy, Jalen Brown, has been upping his points per game pretty much every year. I'm looking at here, it's rookie year, six points. Second year, 14. Third year, 13, 20, 24.7. He almost averaged 25 points a game last year. Yeah. No, so and then and then but then he got hurt. And that that's a huge loss, obviously, mm -hmm. for the Celtics. And now he's averaging 25.6. If he averages, I, I I say it maybe 25 for the year. He's in that superstar consideration at the, at the least, yeah. because you have to establish yourself as the superstar first. I mean, yeah. you got guys like LeBron that maybe average like 23 for a season, but he's already established that he can put up 28 for a season. Absolutely. And I think Jalen Brown is getting there. If not, it might be there, but I still take Jason Tatum to hit that game winning shot. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I like Tatum in, in certain situations, but I know what Brown has been able to do as well. I, I still think of that buzzer beater against the Rockets right before the COVID shutdown. Oh, uh, yeah. That one still kind of hits in my mind where it, you know, it took that little bounce off and went in the basket. Mm -hmm. I know, uh, I know our, our, our friend Jake was actually at that game when, when that, when that shot went down. So that was actually pretty cool, but What's kind of makes me nervous about the Celtics team moving forward is whether, whether Tatum and Brown ever can be that championship duo because each and every season, listen, Listen, they're still incredibly young, but what I'm what I'm afraid of is with each and every season, they're starting to make me feel like like they're less of a Burden McHale and more of a Demar Derozan and a Kyle Lowry. Where you know you can have some fun throughout the regular season, get all these scoring records, make, make have all your NBA All Star appearances, get your money and whatnot, and have all this stuff. But then in the playoffs, you you, you fizzle out to the you fizzle out to any other team, which. I'm afraid because I think that Brown and Tatum are talent are talent wise a better duo than those guys were, 
but that's what it's starting starting to look like to me. And eventually what I'm afraid that's going to look like is like with DeMar and Kyle Lowry, they had to eventually say, all right, we're going to have to trade one of these guys and get a legit superstar. And they did so by getting Kawhi Leonard. That's what I'm, that's what I'm pretty afraid of with this Celtics duo. Yeah. It's, it, I want to touch on Jalen Brown uh, like really quick to yeah, the stat that I'm looking at. And in terms of the superstar debate, usually when you're up to that 25, 26, 27 points per game range, usually yeah. like that's the baseline for superstar. Like you, if you're averaging that, like you're one of the top dudes in the league. Yeah. He's improved his handle so much too. I've been watching Jalen Brown since he got in the league. He's one of my favorite players in the league mm-hmm. and he's got incredible with his handle. Yeah. So he can make plays yet he's averaging two and a half assists a game. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, 3.4. Most of these superstars, they average 25 and eight, 25 and seven or six. Like that's a decent amount of assists a game. Yeah. So, I mean, I sound like a broken record here. We've touched <laughs> about on this a lot, but definitely changes need to be made. And I hope that comes from Ime Adoka bringing a different kind of culture. They, they need to take a look at like guys like Clay and Steph. Yeah. Those guys are both, both want the ball and can both score a boatload of points. Yeah. But what happens when Steph Curry's got the hot hand? Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you Clay Thompson's assists are going to go through the roof. What and vice versa. Clay Thompson's got the hot hands, Curry's assists are going to go through the roof. Oh, yeah. They're in either though those guys work well with each other because they're tremendous shooters, they're tremendous just basketball players. A hundred percent. But when one is hot, they're not afraid to sacrifice their own stats. Yeah. For the other, they're like, you know what? He's hot. He, we're going to win. I'll feed, I'll keep feeding you the ball. Keep getting open. I'll feed you. Yeah. You know, you got Clay in the corner. Deep, corner three. They, these guys need to start playing like that. And yeah. they, they need to, like, they need to watch some of that film. No, Because I, they, how many championships did Golden State freaking win? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the reason they are so good, and this is what Brown and Tatum, especially Tatum, needs yeah. to learn. <sighs> You don't need the ball in your hands to score. Clay Thompson, you've seen the stats all the time when he puts up 50, 60. He takes up like three or four dribbles a game. It's insane. Same thing with Curry. You see clips of Curry playing all the time. He doesn't dribble the ball around. Of course he does. He has crazy highlights, but he goes through screens. He runs all over the place just to get open for a shot. Exactly. If Brown and Tatum learn to get really good off the ball and can just be spot up shooters when they need to be, this team will be incredible. I'm telling you, this is a championship team that just got to fix a tweak a few things. So that's what I got to so that's what I got to ask you about. With Ime Adoka coming in as as the new head coach, it was supposed to be, oh, the fresh start. We're getting we're getting the fresh face in there. Ime coming over from the Spurs has experience with Team USA with these guys. And so so far it really looked it really looks like we have no direction and no real kind of playbook in in a sense cuz these guys look like they're just playing pickup out there. So is Ime going to be able to be able to get that out of them in your opinion from what you're seeing so far? Um I think we got to give him time. Yeah, I mean, no, I'll, I'll give him time. But we're less than ten games into the season, new coach, and I mean, who knows? He could his philosophies and everything could be wildly different from Brad Stevens. So yeah. you never know. But they both seem like pretty mild mannered guys. Like it's probably not the craziest change in the locker room, but it is still a change. And I think we have too small of a sample size right now to see. But I would like to say I am very high on Ime Adoka. I think he's a great coach, and I think he could lead us far. There's only so much. A coach can get out of his players. Yes. Like I said, coming from an athlete, you need people to step up in the locker rooms. You can't just have your coach coming in there and be like, all right, guys, like, you know, we need to start passing the ball. We need to start, you know, doing all these things. But you need that's just that's just not gonna work. You need yeah. you need a veteran and even the superstars to start being like, all right, we need to like 
we need to listen to him. Yeah. And we need to start doing this, but we need to start coming up with ways that we can do it on our own mm-hmm. rather than just listening to the coach. Like these guys are in the NBA for crying out loud. Yes. They didn't get there because they were just, you know, playing hero ball all the time. around, doing whatnot. No, these guys are incredibly talented. Yeah, they're extremely talented and they're extremely smart. No, yeah. Like, I, it just blows my mind. Like, they, they met the other day. Yeah. But they need to be doing this at least until they start winning. Consistently. Consistently. I mean, I mean they, they like did twice win, a week. Like, like they, they, did, they did win two in a row, and they ended up beating Heat, who are looking like one of the better teams in the league so far. So, obviously, they had a, they had a players-only meeting, and maybe it's worked so far. I mean, listen. I, let's I, hope. I believe in miracles, but listen, I, I hope that they got through through it, and we'll have to see going, going forward. So, listen. They, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I, I'm a big advocate for it, but they need to start meeting, like, twice, three times a week, just the players. Yeah. Just to get an idea of what everybody's dealing with. You know, that way. All right, Marcus, you got something to say to Jalen? Yeah, man, you need to start passing the ball. All right, yeah. perfect. You know, let's start. Let's go work on that in practice. Because it's it's different with the players when it's just players versus when the coach is in the room. No, complete, exactly. complete different atmosphere. No, you're right. And I mean, with all the challenges that you've seen so far, but the incredible amount of talent that we do have being coupled into that, how far do you see the Celtics going this year? They can clean up their act. Yeah. Pretty far. But like you said, there are some tough teams in this East. The, the, the Hornets are off to a great start. This yeah. is not the with Lamella. This is a very no. different East. No, it's a, you know, you know what it is? It's a young East. It's very young. The Bulls 100%. are really young. The Hornets are really young. I mean, Lamelo's younger than than us. Uh, yeah, Lamelo's that, a year younger that's than me. That's so weird. I, I still can't. I still can't process that. It's it's so. Like, I, that I, I don't even want to think of it. Not the, e- not even that there are players in the NBA that that are that are better that are like younger than me, but like superstars that are younger than me. It, yeah. It, it, it's. I don't think it's still clicked with me yet. It's not. And then you got. Let me think. The Knicks, mm-hmm. the Knicks are a young team. Julius, Rand- I don't think Julius Randle's that old. No, yeah, but the so Celtics bad. are a young team, mm-hmm. and it shows. But all these other the Heat, the Heat are kind of on, kind of in the middle, I think, because of Lowry and Butler. Yeah, but they got Tyler Hero out there too, who's been balling. Trey Young down in Atlanta, and then you got Brooklyn, obviously, and then defending champions and the Bucks. Oh yeah, this is a tough East, and it's a. It's different than the West because it's competitive. Yes. You got out in LA, you got out in LA, you got LeBron Mm -hmm. and then the Clippers are just falling apart. Yeah, no, they're a dumpster fire, but like you got golden state. Mm -hmm. Can, can you really tell me any other teams that can really compete with them? Yeah. It's, it's kind of a toss up. Listen, the Suns obviously were great last year, but who knows, who knows if they're going to be a one and done team. There's nobody on those guys levels. The jazz can maybe make a run, but at the same time, I, I do have I do have to agree with you. It's it's going to be incredibly tough for, for yeah. I mean the East is becoming the dominant division, which it, it which, and it's which, because it's which, young, which for many years we never saw. The East was usually just a, such a crapshoot that if you were even you know if you even were not even halfway decent, you could be below five hundred and make the playoffs, like the Celtics did a couple of times. The East was LeBron, yes, <laughs> that, exactly. The East LeBron was. was the East, no matter what team he was on, he was the East. Yeah. So it's really going to depend what, what goes on with this team going forward. But that, but that, I think that concludes what we have in terms of NBA news for tonight. So now I want to move into MLB news and talk about the very, very sad ending for our favorite Red Sox team, obviously the Boston Red Sox. Uh, 
2021 was a good year for the Red Sox. I mean, you know, that we shocking. It was year. a surprising year. We exceeded expectations. I wasn't expecting any of it, but at the same time, obviously a disappointing end to a, to a very exciting season. And now we're moving into the off season and listen, while there are many moves, you know, going around right now, a lot of waiver wire moves, like, I, like Tyler, I think you mentioned like the Red Sox and a guy like Tim Locastro, which who knows with the moves of Red Sox GM makes that, that guy could be that guy. We might be wearing that guy's Jersey a year from now. So I don't even know who this guy is. Exactly. I don't, who is this guy? Exactly. So, but could you tell me who half the other guys on the Red Sox were that we got last year? Exactly. So listen, maybe, maybe Heim has the ace up his sleeve, but what, one of the big moves going into the, into the Red Sox with a player that, you know, I basically any of us will know about is obviously JD Martinez. The decision on whether he wants to opt out of his contract and go to free agency is a major, major decision right now. We're most likely going to know by Sunday what that result is going to be. And, you know, JD's nervous. I mean, JD's about 35 years old. We brought him over for the 2018 season, and he has been a very great instrumental piece for us ever since. But I got to ask you guys. How do you feel? About, how do you feel about the Red Sox if we can't get JD back? Because we we were, we were able to bring on we were able to bring in Kyle Schwarber, but he also just declared that he's gonna those are go, going to free agency. Two huge bats you lost. Both yes. Didn't those guys both hit grand slams in the World Series? Uh, JD, I don't believe hit one, but Schwarber did. Schwarber hit, hit one, one in the, the L. I know so Schwarber hit one, but I'm pretty sure JD started it off at in yes, Houston. He did. He, did. he started because then Devers hit the second, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's a that's a huge blow on both ends because you got Schwarber was at the top of the lineup, wasn't he? Yeah, Schwarber. Schwarber might it, have been the leadoff. There, there's no reason why Kyle Schwarber should be a leadoff hitter, but it works. Yeah, I, yeah I it no was idea. okay. I was I was all for it. Like but, Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber hitting leadoff is like Manny Ramirez or David Ortiz doing so. Yeah. It it it. But if this was even five years ago, Kyle Schwarber would be in the four or five hole. But mm -hmm. for some reason, with the way baseball is going now, he's the leadoff hitter and it works, but it's definitely a very interesting situation. You need JD was a consistent hitter. Yes. He was very consistent. And now that leaves a massive hole in your lineup. Mm -hmm. Because you got, I mean, you got he, Devers, yeah, you got he Devers and Bowles. He hasn't officially opted out yet, so he could come back. I, I just don't know because the whole universal DH thing coming up now. Yeah, and that, that's something I want to talk to you about after. But if it comes down to it, and it's Kyle Schwarber, if, if it, we can't have J.D. Martinez and Kyle Schwarber, and it has to become J.D. Martinez or Kyle Schwarber, mm. who are you guys picking? Because Kyle Schwarber, I believe, is about 28, 29 years old. He's entering the prime of his career. J.D. is 35. And for a hitter, listen – if you have that stuff down pat, then you're going to be able to, you know, master it. But who do you guys like moving forward? All right. All right. Let's do this. On the count of three. Yeah. Both going to say who we want. Okay. Let's see how this goes. All right. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Sure. Martinez. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Okay. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys start first. Tyler, why do you want JD Martinez over Kyle Schwarber? I, he, he's been here longer. This yeah. is this is more this is more just me speaking speaking from the heart as a Boston fan. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had somebody a big bat stay here for so long. Yeah, and the last person was David Ortiz. I I like JD. I like I like his energy. I like the way he presents himself. But yeah. the man's gonna be thirty four next yes. year. That's kind of I don't even know how how old is Schwarber. I think Schwarber's like older, 28, 29. Yeah. yeah. Schwarber younger? Yeah. yeah Schwarber's younger. younger. All right. I still want Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> I still want Martinez. No, listen. See, the, man, the man put up four, uh, what? I'm looking at 20, 28 home runs this year. And then the year before, 
was seven because that was a shortened season. But that, but the year before that was 36, then 43. And these are all with Boston. I, 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 he's still got playing time left. Yeah. And it, it's a good leader on the team too. And a guy that's been here, a guy that's won a world series here. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's you, 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 you need that. Yeah. You need, you need somebody with the, with that experience. That's all. That's also a big hitter. Okay. And I, and I think performing in the clutch, he hit a grand slam. Hmm. Okay. When we needed it, when we needed it, mm -hmm. like the most. All you right. know who else hit a grand slam? Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, I'll let you take it from there. Hey, that's a good intro. I just want to say, like, the thing with JD is he's a great bat. He's a power hitter, too. He'll get you home runs. He can get you doubles and triples if he can run the bases. Mm. I, I don't know if you guys watched throughout the season. I know he got hurt. He hurt his ankle. Yeah, but even before that. Did you see how he hurt his ankle, too? Yeah, it was well, in June. on the bag, I believe. Yeah, it was in the national series. He wasn't running. He was he, he wasn't running. He was, on the base it was a light jog. He was jogging out to his position, mm -hmm. and he tripped on the base and rolled his ankle. But I, he always does that. Every time when he goes out to his position, he touches the second base, touches second base. He always has his entire career. Anymore. But I, I mean, I don't know if he's gonna do it again. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's it's just a thing. Like he's a great bat, but so is Schwarber mm -hmm. and Schwarber. Albeit not the best, was playing first base for us yes. throughout the throughout the postseason. So he could play a position. Whereas JD, like I know they'd put him, at, I believe they put him at first base once. They J put him in the J outfield. JD, yeah, JD's an outfield. Yeah, they'd play him in the outfields. And like, I don't know if I want an, a 35 going on 35 year old outfielder that really doesn't have any mobility. Yeah. And it's just a great bat when we could just have Swarber do the same thing. And he's five, six years younger than him. Yeah. And we got guys in the outfield. Oh, yeah. We got plenty of guys in the outfield. That's why you put him at DH. You got you got you got a solid hitter. Yeah. Is that as that DH and that's JD Martinez? Because well, what do you got? Kike out there. He, yeah. Um, I uh, love Renfro. In the Renfro's out there. And who's the other guy? Is it Dahlbeck? No. No, Dahlbeck. Oh, we still Verdugo out there. Verdugo. Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't need him in the outfield. So you put him at the DH and you're solid. Who's the first baseman? It's Kyle uh, Schwarber. Schwarber. And then Dahlbeck. And, yeah, Bobby Dahlbeck sometimes. Bobby Dahlbeck's a fine first baseman. And if not, probably better, right? Because yeah. that's the position he plays. Yeah. He's, Listen, he's young. Bobby is young, but I think he has a lot of potential. Exactly. He does. But this I'm still I'm taking JD over. Just just that 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 age because this this is a pretty young Red Sox team. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you need that one guy in his mid-30s that's still got, I think, a lot left in his tank still. Because the man put up put up pretty pretty decent stats <laughs> this year. He had 28 home runs. Yeah, yeah he's solid. Honestly, at the end of the day, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these guys. No, I don't think you can either. And it's it's a tough, it's a tough because there are great arguments for it's both a, of them. It's an it's an incredibly tough decision. But at the end of the day, I personally would go with Kyle Schwarber. I love myself, JD Martinez. But listen, Kyle Schwarber is a lefty hitter that plays amazing for Fenway, and we were able to see what he was able to do in Fenway. A lot of guys, like you, you hear about him saying, oh, he's a lefty hitter. He's he's like, he's going to love right field in Fenway or like a great righty hitter like, like J.D. Martinez. Oh, the monster is going to do him so well. But with, with Kyle Schwarber, he does have the youth on his side. And I like having him more in that DH role, especially because we do have a we do have a first base prospect on the way, Tristan Casas. I don't know if you've ever seen this guy before. He was on Team USA for the Olympics, and he is a freak. Like this guy... Like he, 
like he it's not a golf swing that he has but when he just but he can just golf baseballs and if you've ever seen this guy hit he's in triple a now for in the red sox organization so he's over in worcester and he is a freak i they're projecting him to be in boston as of probably i i probably say midway through next year possibly even earlier because man tristan casas he'll be a name to know going forward he plays first or third he's I a first he's a first baseman okay he can't play first now what does that mean for bobby Dahlbeck? listen bobby d has has some perks mm-hmm. but at the same time i think he's kind of a hit or miss guy he came alive towards the end of the year but i don't know if that consistency is always going to stay with him i i like again i think i think casas is also a plus two and you also could probably platoon them because casas is, is a lefty and schwarber is a right and uh dollback rather is a righty mm-hmm. so you could you could do a platoon option especially with with casas being a rookie that next year if he if he is to come up so you know you don't have to put all the pressure on him and name him the starting first baseman you can have Dahlbeck there and have the two swap off so you do have options so personally i would go with kyle schwarber but i'll tell you what if they do, I'm going to miss J.D. Martinez heavily. Oh, absolutely. But the main reason this is coming up as to why J.D. Martinez could opt out, Tyler, you, you, you mentioned it earlier. And the reason this is a possibility is because the National League is most likely going to adopt the universal DH next season. And for those, of you, for those of you who are unaware of the universal DH, I'll give you a brief synopsis and history of it. So throughout, when baseball came, in, it came through in its, in its, incep- in its inception, Every, every player hit, no matter who you were, no matter how bad you were, or, you know, you could be a terrible hitter, but people would put you in the lineup because of your great defense. But at the end of the day, you had to get up at the plate and, and at least survive either three strikes or try to get on base however you could. And this was fine for a while. Each team did this. But in 1973, the American League, because the baseball split up into two leagues, the American League and the National League, they did merge together to form the MLB. But the AL teams and all the owners decided in 1973 to enforce, to basically adopt a DH that they would play in their games. Now, whenever they went to go play in National League games, they had to follow National League rules. And and what that turned into is like National League teams up until – you now had basically st- stayed with the rules of old and done all this. But in 1980, however, the National League owners did have the option to vote for the DH. However, and it, they had the votes to do it. However, the funniest thing happened. Philly's owner at the time, Ruley Carpenter, was originally going to vote in favor of the DH, but he had a fishing trip that day. So this man went out on a fishing trip and told this, told like this intern or something, basically, hey, I'm gonna be out on a fishing trip. Go to this meeting, vote for this, and don't even worry about it. He, this guy, this kid shows up. He forgets essentially what to vote for. So instead, he abstains from the vote, which isn't a yes or a no. And the Pittsburgh Pirates were also there, bitter rivals of the, of, of the Phillies, and they were. And whatever guy was there for the whatever owner was there for the Pirates was told to do whatever the Phillies do. And because the Phillies guy abstained, the Pirates, uh, man, the Pirates owner uh, abstained as well, and the vote went dead. And since 1980, basically the ruling fell. The ruling fell flat. In 2020, the NL did have a DH during the COVID-shortened 60-game season. However, however, this year it was taken away as it was seen as kind of like a COVID rule. However, it is possibly going to be voted on in this in the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. And I want to ask you guys. How do you feel about the universal DH? I'll give my thoughts after you guys, but Ethan, I'll start with you. How do you feel about it? Honestly, to put it bluntly, I've always think thought that this is just quite honestly the stupidest rule. Like 
okay it's kind of cool like one league has their own rules another league has their rules and i get the tradition of baseball and as we spoke about before we were on air baseball is very tradition based people don't like to break away from the old rules or the unwritten rules even though this isn't an unwritten rule it's it's been there forever yeah but i i just think it's stupid and i think it allows other teams to be put on a different playing field i wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's an advantage or disadvantage either way but i wouldn't say it's level either i think you either have it in both leagues or you don't yeah and that's my two cents on it all right fair enough tyler how do you feel about the universal dh could definitely be very interesting mm-hmm. because you gotta get you got you know just to give an example you got some so a player like shohei otani who you throw him on the mound could pitch lights out and the days he doesn't pit, pitch, throw him in the dugout, throw him as a DH, and he can crank homers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is like, you know, a one in a million player, but there are definitely players coming up that can do stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you that that's a big spot you're gonna these teams are gonna be missing in their lineup because he can't hit because he's not pitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a huge blow for teams, especially if it's a guy like Shohei Otani. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, runs, mm-hmm. doubles, everything they're going to be missing out. I'm yeah. actually so glad you brought up Otani because you see, he just had an incredible season. Like he was the face of the MLB. And honestly, last year, I, I didn't even really know who the guy was. I can't speak for any baseball fans, but he definitely was not in the spotlight like he was this year. And you have people like Tatis, like Tatis was gonna be the crown jewel of the league oh yeah and he was taken over like that for Shohei Otani I think after you have a season like that you know how many young kids five six seven years old that are watching and Otani is their hero Mm -hmm. they're gonna have you're gonna have plenty of people in the next 15 20 years that are gonna be trying to do the exact same thing that Otani does pitch and hit and arguably they could be better or be on par with them so I think the DH rule I think it does need to be implemented, just like Tyler said, because you could pitch one day and come and play DH the next day. So, listen, you – oh, go ahead. You, no, you, you got it. All right, so listen, I don't mind the idea of, of there being a DH. However, I personally like the differences between the leagues, and this is why. For While I listed that, you know, the leagues ended up coming together as a merger. For many years in baseball, there was the American League and the National League, and – Those teams didn't play each other at all until the World Series. There was no interleague play where where the the Red Sox would play the Dodgers in the middle of the season. The only way you were guaranteed that is if both of those teams made it to the World Series. And that wasn't the only difference between the two leagues. The the different leagues had different equipment for for umpires. There were different umpires for, for specific leagues. You had, if you won, like if you were a National League umpire, you weren't umping AL games. If you there were the baseballs were a little different, the catcher's gear was a little different. Everything was tailored for the specific leagues, and there were nice little differences. So when the leagues came together, it was like two opposite ends of the spectrum meeting and competing to see, okay, this is how we play, this is how we play. Now we want to see who's superior. Obviously, the DH came in way after a lot of those, a lot of those rules were taken away. However, I like it because it shows that there is still a difference between the leagues. And it's not like an AFC or an AFC versus NFC in football, where really there's no real difference between those teams. Nothing separates the Packers versus, for for example, I, I'm trying to think of an uh, NFC North versus AFC North. Versus, there, nothing really separates the Packers versus the Ravens in terms of what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. They're fairly similar teams, but I'm not, not in terms of play style, but 
There's nothing that separates the game of football yeah. from them. What like and plus NFC teams play AFC AFC teams all the time, especially since the merger. But with with the with the with having the universal DH, it essentially makes the leagues meaningless and moves it more towards the NBA, where you kind of just have like the Eastern and Western conferences, which for the sake of the NBA, even though they're pretty flawed in terms of the conferences, it's like okay. These guys play on this side of the country. These guys play on this side of the country. I like the idea of that, even though, again, it's pretty flawed. And you can have some Western Conference teams being like Texas, but an Eastern Conference team can be in like Nevada. I'm just like, mm. I'm throwing out examples. But I personally like the idea of, I, I personally like the idea of keeping uh, the DH and the AL, especially just because of the differences that it allows for each league. I just want to bring up something that was Go ahead. brought up. Um, earlier and that is Shohei Otani and he mentioned that you know you got kids that are looking up to him yeah has the MLB really capitalized on that no not at all Listen. exactly this is something it's completely off topic quickly go ahead I just need to mention there are so many young guys in the NBA and uh, the NBA the, 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 the MLB. MLB there you go there my you bad go. You found, got the, it. Found, English, the, found the right league there you English, go English I got it and um, there's so many young guys in the MLB today that are just playing out of their minds. Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, Juan Soto, Juan, Juan Soto, Soto Vladimir Guerrero Jr. These are guys, Vlad Jr. is a monster. Um, Tatis is a monster. Shohei Otani is a freak that we've never seen since Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah. no, and the MLB needs to capitalize on this and start using you know, these guys and making money off of them and, you know, marketing them a little bit more because they're changing the, the MLB. The MLB is becoming very flashy. Yeah. And you got all these guys wearing these gold chains. Normally it was those, those fighting necklaces <laughs> when I played. Oh, I love those. It was those. the fighting necklaces that also helped you balance. Now it's becoming who's got the biggest gold chain. Oh yeah. And I, I, I I'm all for it. I wish I stuck with baseball, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool. But like, you got you got these guys and they they need to market it more because they're superstars and they're young and they're talented and they are gonna break so many records in this league. Mm. And I know Shohei Otani was the first person to like pitch or pitch like a certain amount of strikeouts and hit for a certain amount of home runs since Babe Ruth. Yeah, Babe Ruth is arguably the greatest baseball player of all time, and which is still incredible because people talk about Babe Ruth and and people like to kind of crap on him now. However, Babe Ruth, which is physically and genetically is gifted because everything he did, you could argue, you know, what he did against like guys who didn't pitch as fast and not do all this stuff. But when you look at Babe Ruth and how he carried himself as a person, this man smoked and drank like every single day of his life. He did not take care of himself whatsoever and somehow managed to hit 700 home runs. I don't understand how he did it. Freak. Freak of nature. He he so, built different, bro. He so, built different. So when, when when people end up saying when people end up saying, "Oh, Babe Ruth couldn't play in this generation," I, oh, uh, I if a friend of mine has said this, take Babe Ruth as a baby, raise him in like this generation of of like you know medicine and technology, yeah, fitness training. And, yeah, get him get him on a fitness plan. Well, he he'd would be looking looking like John Carlos Stanton. He'd be a he'd be the freak that we that everyone knows him as. And George Herman Ruth would be a name that would be in everyone's like every everyone's vocabulary yeah. and he, he played for the yankees and you got a guy like aaron judge for the yankees that's also an amazing player and he's also huge yeah you manager. can't you you mean to tell me you there are so many ways to market off a guy that's six foot eight 
and almost 300 pounds of straight muscle. That's sick. Everybody wants to be like him. It's so sick. It's, it's so easy and they need to do it because these guys are changing the face of the MLB and no one really knows about it. Yeah. It's, it's, and sad. it's sad. It's so sad because uh, Shohei Otani's breaking records that nobody has even seen before. Mike yeah. Trout is still a face of the MLB, mm-hmm. but I can guarantee you who's the face of the MLB. You ask any normal guy, they're not going to know. It's going to be completely different. You ask anybody who's the face probably of the say, NBA. They probably say Jeter. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they, they David Ortiz. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you ask somebody who's the face of the NBA. Oh, I can guarantee you the mo- the consensus consensus pick is LeBron. Yeah. Who's the face of the NFL? Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. There's no face of the MLB. Mm-hmm. And they they need to start marketing these guys so there is that, and more people start to watch because these guys are so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. The I love when Tati's rounds the bases. He is so cocky. <laughs> yes. But I love, love it. it. I, do I love absolutely it. love it. Yeah. Because it's needed. It makes it interesting. And then you got them like arguing while they're going around the bases and they're starting fights. I, I got to be honest, as a, as a sports fan, I want to watch that. Same. That's why I'm not a fan of the NBA becoming so soft. It's like mm-hmm. somebody puts a booger on the other guy, and they're like, "Oh my God, well, he's out of the game." Yeah, yeah. It, it it's so. Of course, bad. you got a guy like Charles Barkley who full on puts on brass knuckles and knocks out Michael Jordan. He's like, "Oh yeah, that that's awesome." The good yeah. old days, oh. great old days. But that's yeah. just my little two cents into that. They need to start marketing these guys because they have a huge opportunity to make so much money. I've yeah. complained about baseball not being able to properly market their players right forever. I think baseball advanced media, known as BAM, which kind of holds all the marketing rights to baseball games and their highlights has been a major problem with them moving forward. But I, and MLB has a lot of work to do. My, I have the grievances I have with Rob Manfred, you can't even imagine, but before we do go down to the wire, I do want to talk. I do want to touch on one last subject with you guys. And that is obviously over in the NFL. Cause we saw today that uh, for better or worse reasons, Odell Beckham jr. Is one of the more polarizing figures in the NFL. And today he, and today he was just released from the Cleveland Browns after uh, his dad went on social media and basically just started bashing the crap out of, out of Baker Mayfield. He was really just giving it to him saying like, saying like, Hey man, you suck. Like you got to pass to my son more. And I'm like, I'm like, this is the first time I've, I think I've really ever heard Odell Beckham senior speak and seeing all this stuff go down. It was so bad. You know, I, I guess uh, Browns coach, Kevin, Kevin Stefanski told Odell to stay home from practice. <laughs> Everything was going bad for him. And eventually, because it was past the trade deadline, the Browns ended up converting most of Odell's money and his contract into a signing bonus so it wouldn't go against their cap. And they they just parted ways and said, listen, man, best of luck to you, but we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. I honestly, I had to pull it up real quick to uh, get the actual tweet. But the second I knew OBJ was done over there was when the uh, mayor of Cleveland himself, LeBron James, <laughs> tweets, OBJ will show again why he's special, wide receiver one, and then he puts the hashtag, everybody was putting up, free OBJ. Yeah, no. That, now, when, when LeBron is calling you out, and I, I saw a funny TikToker, he was pretending to, to do like, he was doing like almost like a Drake and Josh episode, but like the Cle- but he was pretending to be guys in the Cleveland Browns. And and I think Baker, Baker ended up saying like, uh, like the guy playing Baker, he, he ends up saying, he ends up saying, Oh, LeBron just, LeBron just said, just, just tweeted free Odell. What does he, what does he know about guys wanting to leave Cleveland? <laughs> I was like, ah, God damn it. <laughs> hey, more than you would think. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I used to be a big supporter in 
Baker Mayfield. I thought he was solid. I thought he had a good year last year. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, including myself, were really high on the Browns this year. And they've been average, they've, to say the least. Yeah. I don't know their actual record off the top of my head. But getting back to OBJ, yes, he's a prima donna. Oh, yeah. He can be a head case. And honestly, a lot of superstars are. That's just the way they carry themselves. But do I still think he has potential on the field? Absolutely. 100%. He's a great wide receiver. And it just takes the right coach, uh, hint, hint, Bill Belichick, to uh, get rid of some of that ego. Mm. And I think he could be great. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. So, you're already shooting your shot for him to come to New England? Oh, I'd love to have him. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Get no. No, Tyler, why are you so against no. OBJ in New England? No, why? no, listen to me in this microphone right now. <laughs> no, Big why? No. Why? Because we got a we got a young team here. Okay, we got a young quarterback who's playing out of his damn mind. Mm-hmm. Mac and cheese all the way, baby. I'm loving it. He's playing well, but earlier in the year, the first couple games, very run heavy. He's a rookie. Like, all right, you know, we're not going to throw him directly in the fire. Let's, you know, let him settle in. The guy's been in big pressure moments before. It's not like he's not used to it. Mm-hmm. But to see him, see the gradually what he's been able to do, they're giving him the reins of the offense. Yeah. I saw last game, they ran a couple no huddle, no huddles right down the field. And I was like, they trust this guy. He's oh, a rookie yeah. and they trust him already. That's awesome. And now he's getting the ball to their, their new acquisitions. He's throwing a couple touchdowns to Hunter Henry lately. John o. Smith has been... He's been okay, but he's also dealing with some injury because I have him in fantasy. He's been questionable like three weeks in a row. I don't know. I know that. I haven't looked at what specifically it is, but I think it's a foot injury. But either way, he's been all right as well. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne has been playing extremely well. Jacoby Myers is playing extremely well. We don't need Odell Beckham Jr. We don't need any drama on this team because Mac doesn't need it. Mac Jones does not need somebody like him because he's a diva. But also, Odell Beckham Jr. had Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Baker Mayfield is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm looking at his on-target percentage here, and it's like 79, it's in the 75%. That's pretty solid. And he just whines and cries when he doesn't get the ball. And he, he, he showed it. When he was in New York and he was playing against the Panthers, remember the Josh Norman game? He wasn't getting the ball and he was furious. He was throwing a huge fit on the sideline. They're like, Odell, (laughs) calm down. It's not that deep, bro. It's really not. But that's just what he brings to the table. And he's injury prone. He's been injured so many times. Yeah. We don't need him. Granted, if he comes, I'd be like, all right, there's nothing (laughs) I can really do. I hope it turns out. But I, I don't, we don't need him. Yeah. At least. I don't. I would love to see a star receiver on this team. Don't get me wrong. That's my whole thinking about we, it. We we got receiver. we got Damian Harris though. Damian Harris is a star running back. We got our star. Mm-hmm. We got our stud. Every team in the NFL has had a star. Has been getting these young star running backs. We finally got ours. Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Love the guy. Reminder Stevenson. He's amazing. Mac Jones, obviously stud. We don't need that star receiver. We got these guys that are doing their jobs. Yeah. We don't need them. Yeah. Listen, this is why I think that the Pats should bring in OBJ. And this is why he's his his salary with the Browns was converted to a signing bonus. So he got basically almost all of his salary for this year. So if he's going to go anywhere this year, Cleveland paid him for this year. 
if anyone wants him, they're essentially they can essentially sign him to you know a decent non like. I can guarantee they're probably they can probably sign him to a veteran veteran minimum, right? Yeah, they can probably sign him to a very easy to manage contract, which I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally against. And also, Bill yeah, Belichick. Bel- eighth year, he's veteran minimum. Exactly. So Bill Belichick is is able he's able to do some stuff, which so. He's, he's been able to bring in guys before. I think of Akib Talib, obviously, who he brought in and was able to, you know, take from, you know, being kind of like a rascal, uh, to say lightly, and turn him into, you know, one of the better corners in the league, which he was at the moment. And at the same position, Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy Moss. He was a great, he, great. He, he rescued him from a from a terrible situation in Oakland where, where everyone thought he was done and revived his career, which, frankly, no one thought was going to be possible. And listen. OBJ, I think, could do something very, very similar. I, I, and at the same time, if things don't work out in New England, look at what Bill Belichick did with Antonio Brown. He brought him in for the 2019 season of, of saying, like, okay, Antonio Brown's kind of having a mental melt- meltdown with the Raiders. He's doing some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, can't, like, flew into training camp on a hot air balloon, for, mm-hmm. gave himself frostbite in a cryotherapy chamber. Did some pretty crazy stuff. I, and, you know, words I want to say that I can't say. The whole the helmet pod. situation. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Stuff I can't say on the air, but essentially he brought him in and he ended up saying, all right, we're going to see what we can do. He didn't know necessarily it was Tom's last, last season with the pass, but he said, eh, screw it. an extra weapon won't, won't hurt us. And we, and it was real. It looked very good for us. He played a game, did some stupid crap again. And, and Bill said, all right, you're out the door. Listen, Josh Gordon as well. Exactly. He tried to bring in Josh Gordon and turn Josh around. Gordon. He stayed here for what? Two seasons. Yeah. yeah. And it did. He did all right so, until he. So I mean, listen. Yeah, drug Bill has a zero tolerance policy, and if and if he sees Odell being anything more than than a than a plus to the team, he'll cut bait. He's that's not, why I don't see him coming in here. He's not afraid. Well, if he comes in, he knows what the expectation is. Yeah. So he has if, to if if Bill can get him here, then then he's he at this point, Odell Beckham Jr. Played a season with seasons with the Giants, was on very terrible teams with Eli Manning and company just towards the end of Eli's career. Then went to Cleveland, has had some ups and downs, tore his ACL last year, has tried to make a comeback. And at this point, he's an older, he's not exactly, he's not old, but he's getting older. He's not young. Exactly. He's going to be 30 next year. Yeah. He's not a young wide receiver, at least for, at least for what he is. So in my opinion, he should try to, he's probably getting into that ring chasing mode of saying like, Hey, I don't, I don't want it to be like, I'm like some like grizzled vet and I'm like barely a part of the team. He wants to make a run for a ring and actually mean something. Now, I don't know if he's, I don't know if that's something you can essentially count on with a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones, because I'm not even looking at them as that type of a team. But if he's looking for that, I think he'd be willing to do whatever it takes and take whatever, you know, social step back and do whatever he needs to do to go get that ring. When he comes, if he comes here, he needs to understand he's going to get treated the same way as everybody else does. You're a rookie. You're Tom Brady, for Christ's sake. I mean, they, Tom, there's a reason Tom, one of the reasons Tom Brady left, apparently he wasn't getting respect from Belichick. Yeah. Belichick treats everybody the same. My coach does that too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if you're the leading scorer, if you're a non-scorer. You can treat everybody equal. You know, you got, you got to put, put effort in. You got to put work in. Absolutely. It's all, it's, it's, it's just, it's what it's about. Just because your name's Tom Brady and you're a guaranteed future Hall of Famer and you're the greatest quarterback of all time, I'm not going to be easy on you. You screw up. You screwed up, dude. Like, come on. Oh, get, yeah. get your act together. And it's going to be the same way. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you do with rookies. You got to be. You just got to you gotta beat them down a little bit. Yeah. Because you need to 
telling them, this is not college, dude. This is the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you they've been doing that to Mac Jones. When he makes mistakes, they're like, dude, like, really? What's the matter with you? Yeah. And then they're like, all right, let's sit down. Now we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Now that I got all that out. And they're going to have to do the same thing to OBJ. Dude, you just dropped a pass that was in your hands. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like it was a terrible pass. There was wind, all this. And they're going to be like, I'm not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to throw a fit. Because point. that's what he does. And guess what? The second he throws a fit, I, I hope Bill makes an example of him and, and says, you're out the door. So guess what? Bill. So, see, I, see, that's I, the point. I, I, I think, Is it worth the hassle? But I think probably Bill, but not. I, but I think Bill can win with that as, as saying, we're not going to take any distractions. Listen, OBJ, he's a great player, but we're not taking any crap. If, if he comes in and he starts something, I don't care who you are. I'm not standing for that. And that's not what this team's about. So no. I, I think Bill can win in that situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could do the same exact thing. I mean, granted, it'll be a little more different, like with his contract, like however we, sh- we would structure that if, in fact, he came to us. Yeah. But you've seen with other players, just like you mentioned, a great example, Antonio Brown. He plays one game, scores a touchdown in that game, by yeah. the way. Yeah, like 117 yards. Yeah, in that yeah. Game. great game. But did something dumb and he's gone. Same thing could happen with OBJ. Is he going to call? Is he going to be a cancer for one week and completely ruin the season if we caught him after a week? Like, Obviously, I wouldn't want to do something like that. Yeah, no. It's just something that I don't think they need in the building. I, I totally see what you're saying. Like, I really do. But at the same time, and, I, and I, I'm just guessing here, I'm hoping for a player like OBJ, like you just said, he's 30. Maybe he's ring chasing. I hope that he comes to a team, whatever team he goes to next, he puts that ego, ego aside. He leaves it at the door. And just focuses on winning because that needs to be his goal right because now. He's a, he, oh, when he's oh, on, he's, yeah. a, when he's, oh, on, he's a great yeah. football player. You have seen it with other people too. No, a lot no. of superstars yeah, no, you come don't. in very, like they have a huge ego. And then towards the end of their career, they only got one ring or no rings. Let's see. And they join up. Let's see here. You, you get a guy like Odell Beckham. You say he's probably going to be ring chasing. Now, is he going to go out and say, I want to go to a winning team? Yeah, he's probably going to do that. Mm-hmm. Is he going to go to a winning team? No. You had a guy like Kenny Galladay. I'm going to go to a winning team. Yeah. Goes to the New York Giants. <laughs> you're, you are the dumbest guy alive. I know Le'Veon Bell. I want to win. Signs with the Jets. Th- these guys all say they want to win, and then they go take the money. Well, it's, maybe it's, winning it's for so annoying, <laughs> but I don't, we don't need a diva on this team. And I know there's one guy out there. Right now, that 100, 112% does not want Odell Beckham Jr. on this team. And that is my father because he <laughs> hates divas. He, he is not the biggest fan of LeBron because LeBron just whines and cries. It walks off the court with five minutes left in his game when he's losing. My, my dad wasn't the biggest fan of Antonio Brown either because yeah. he doesn't like the drama that they bring in. And he's right. Do we need that? specifically when we have a young quarterback who's trying to learn in this league. Hell no. That's the last thing we need. And it's something I don't want to deal with because, but it's, it's, can he perform? I, I think he still can, but he needs to be in the right situation. He needs to have the right coach. He needs to have a young coach. Send him to LA. <laughs> Let them um, I, send him to L. I'd rather have him in LA because I want Stafford to win a championship. Put him in LA. Yeah, Stafford now, will get him the ball, and he's got Sean McVay. He's young. Don't bring him here. I Belichick wanna, is not going to like him. I want to ask you a question real quick, Tyler. 
say we still had Tom Brady on the team right now. Oh. Like it's the same exact team, but Tom Brady's our quarterback. Would you take Odell Beckham? It's a good question. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great question. I feel like the answer is a resounding yes. From I feel like yes, be only because Brady has been here. Brady, let's let's just say he's on the team right now. I'm just gonna talk like he's on the team. Brady's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. Brady knows how to deal with Bill Belichick. He knows how to deal with his yelling, his mentality, everything like that. So Bel- say Belichick just drops a ball on him and starts yelling at the guy. And he just storms off. Brady comes up to him. Yeah, man, like, you know what? He said this to me a couple of years ago. And, you know, this is when I, we were winning in 2007, man. We were, I was throwing, I threw 50 touchdowns and he yelled at me the same way. And that's something they can connect on. Is there really a guy in that locker room you can 110% would say can really, you can really believe that from? Yeah. Nobody. D-Mac. Yeah, but that's the defense. That's, I feel like that's completely different. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, yes. You got a guy like Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, guys you can lean on that can give you that input. Tom Brady is completely different. Yeah. And it's also not your quarterback. You're, you're not hearing it from the guy that's going to that, be that's running the team, like, running the team. Yeah, they run the team. You don't have a good quarterback. We've seen it in the NFL. You're done. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. at the New York Giants. They have Daniel Jones. They are <laughs> awful, awful. But I love Mac Jones, and he's learning. He is doing so well. These wide receivers, they're not divas. You know what? Nelson Aguilar doesn't have a catch in the game. He does not care. Mm. They win. He's he'd be like, "Oh yeah, like we won, man. This is awesome." <laughs> I love I love the guys that they signed, mm-hmm. and I don't think that we need anybody else. Jacoby Myers is great. I, they got Isaiah Zuber on the um the uh, practice squad, who I think could be a solid receiver in this league. Yeah, I full on believe that he showed some promise his rookie year when Brady was still here. Yeah, he showed some promise. I was like, "Hold up, Who, who's number nineteen? This guy's this guy's got a little pizzazz to him. I like this guy, but he's, he hasn't been, really been playing, which is like I hate to see it, but I wanted to play a little bit more. But Odell Beckham Jr., get him away from New England, man. <laughs> S- send, send him to the New York Jets. Get him out of here. Oh, I don't want him here. Uh, but if he's here, could it work out? Hundred percent. Yeah. But I just don't think it's what we need at this very exact moment. Maybe next year." If he's, if he's a free agent, you look into it. Mm. Mac Jones got a full season under his belt. Perfect. But not why the kid's still learning. Yeah. That's just throwing something. That's throwing a curveball at valid. the guy that he does not need. That's a valid point. Not, it's a very valid point, Tyler. And I think that it's a very, very delicate situation. But I think it is unfortunately now time to say, guys, that we are now down to the wire here on this Friday night episode. So we're going to do a quick little run through of what we talked about in this episode, and we will send you guys into the weekend. Obviously welcome to Ethan Savoy back on the show, Ethan. So glad to have you here, man. Yeah. Shake Tyler's hand. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And obviously we had a great time discussing stuff with him today. We started off by talking about market, about the mark, about Marcus smart, calling out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and all the drama unfolding there. We also discussed our thoughts on the Celtics moving forward and what can, and what they can accomplish in their future and in as well as this season. In MLB news, we talked about what's next for the Boston Red Sox, including J.D. Martinez's potential opt-out and Kyle Schwarber deciding to go for free agency. And as well as the and then also in MLB news, we talked about the universal DH and the implications for that. We gave our opinions on whether we think it should be adopted and whether it 
will be. Uh, I think most likely it is likely that it is going to come into the league next year. That is where it's trending with a lot of people. I personally am against it, but we'll have to report on that when that comes through. And we ended things tonight talking about NFL news, and we talked about OBJ being released from the Cleveland Browns after Odell Sr. trashed Baker Mayfield on social media. So much drama going on there. But we hope that you guys had an amazing time listening tonight. If you got what's up? Got one more thing, Stad. Ladies and gentlemen, catch the Bryant University swim and dive team performing at the Chase, Chase Athletic Center here at Bryant University tomorrow at noon as they go up against Wagner. Should be a great, great time. Absolutely. Just thought you could give my team a little little promotion there, you know? Might you as know? well. I mean, you're on live radio, Tyler, so you might as well. So might as well. Might as well. Exactly. Should be a good time. It's gonna be a good time though. But if you guys are not following down to the wire at this point, what the hell are you guys doing? Get real, man. What are you, you doing? Really, you, you like, come on. We're available everywhere you guys can listen to podcasts. Everywhere. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook. But the main hub you guys can reach Facebook. Through. Yeah, I, I know. I, I've never shown you that. For, 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 all, for, all, for all the old folks. I've, 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 oh, I, Facebook. Oh, I used to live stream on Facebook. I, this, this whole Zoom thing, this is brand new. I used to live stream over on Facebook. That was a time. But... Uh, the main hub you guys can reach us through again is our Instagram. You can follow that at down dot to the wire again on Instagram again at down dot to the wire. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa and I'm Tyler Stringfellow. This is Ethan Savoy. And we hope you guys have an outstanding Friday night. Take care. Peace out. Have an amazing weekend.